Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. If you are looking for vendor process training for you or your entire vendor team, head over to my site at DeborahRRichardson.com and click on the Vendor Team Training Solved button to learn more about what is included in the monthly or annual plan and also to download a 2021 training schedule. Get the training that you and your team needs to avoid payment fraud, duplicate vendors, compliance fines, and more. So I know that many vendor team members are still working remotely and you could be one of them. And as a result of this uh, remote work, um, many companies are thinking of changing where their team members or employees work, which could affect what those team members work on and where. So if a decision has been made to centralize the vendor process, or you just want tips on how to improve this process, keep listening. Welcome to episode 119, seven steps to transition the vendor process to a shared services environment. So many of you may be working at companies that as a result of this work uh, work from home or remote work that is just continuing, you may have companies that are really looking at their office space and just questioning um, whether or not they need all the space that they had before. And what can come out of that is uh, the centralization of some processes. Now, if your company has decided that they want to centralize the vendor process, Um, that could be a good thing centralizing the vendor setup and maintenance process um, from different branches or offices can increase consistency and just the expertise since the vendor process will be a larger part of the specific team's job duties and lots of cases when that work is decentralized it's only a small part of what the person that's assigned to you know setting up that vendor or or up an existing vendor is uh, uh, is doing and so it could be a good thing to centralize it also when a process is followed consistently by team members that have gained that expertise through that focused experience those authentication techniques internal controls and best practices that I hope you've put in from listening to my podcast reading my blogs um, will serve to reduce the potential for fraudulent payments so I have seven steps that you can take. Now, my recommendation for those seven steps is to complete all of the steps. However, 
I do understand that it may not be possible in scenarios where time is limited. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be like it was when you guys went home um, very abruptly in the March-April time frame, um, but uh, this plan is best worked if you have 12 months or more until the work needs to be um, moved. Now, multiple accounting systems, ERPs, can add additional time time as well since each of these um, steps will need to be done um, for each uh, accounting system or ERP. Um, but if you have less than 12 months, no problem. Review the steps to determine what can and cannot be done prior to the transition and remove those steps but only for now. Identify a time after the transition to complete those steps. And as we go through them, you'll see why um, I said that, because the steps can be broken apart. I do, again, recommend they're done in order and all at the same time, but you definitely have the opportunity to omit some and then go back and get them done once you have everyone centralized and the process is working. All right, so step number one, clean up the vendor master file. Now I'm a big proponent of that. Um, you guys should have saw that one coming if you listen to my uh, podcast regularly or read my blogs regularly. Um, you need to clean up your vendor master file. Start the new team off with accurate vendor data. Inactivate vendors you have not done business with in 12, 15, or 18 months. And then for the remaining vendors, um, standardize and validate the vendor data. Um, IRS 10 check, the address, the legal name. Um, reach out to vendors um, where any validations were not successful. Um, if you do need help, I do have a five-day vendor master file cleanup. Um, there's a link to that um, service in the show notes. I think it's always in the show notes, but it's there if you need help with that. But you do need to clean up your vendor master file. Now, step number two is to review your current vendor processes. The thing about a decentralized process is sometimes, actually most times, those folks are doing their own process as far as how to onboard a vendor, how to collect the documents, um, you know, what to uh, uh, key into the ERPs, of, especially if the fields are not required, how to key it in. So you need to review your vendor setup and maintenance process to identify weaknesses and gaps in your vendor process. Ensure there are no segregation of duties issues um, that will allow a vendor team member the ability to create a vendor, post an invoice, and make a payment. You also want to make sure you implement authentication techniques, internal controls, and best practices to prevent internal and external fraud and just other unnecessary expenditures. Um, I do have a vendor process redesign where I can help you with that, or you can grab my three-step setup, uh, vendor setup and maintenance process e-guide that has um, its five authentication techniques, uh, 13 internal controls, and 12 uh, best practices, or 12 internal controls and 13 best practices. Anyway, it's all around the vendor setup process, so get some help with that if you need it. Um, the third step is to create 
or update your vendor policy. Now, if you don't have one, you need one. This is a separate policy or it can be a separate section in your accounts payable policy. And the purpose is to tell your internal employees how to do business with the vendor team. Now, you can also use it to create a welcome letter and send that to your vendors so they will know how to do business with the vendor team. And I do have a blog where I go into um, more detail about what to include um, in that and I'll uh, include that in the show notes. Now the next one is uh, step four is a security roles audit. So you want to make sure to follow the protocol of least privilege access. And that means only giving access to vendor sensitive, uh, sensitive information as required. You don't need to give access to everyone um, in AP and maybe not even on the vendor team if they're not going to be um, editing or updating uh, that tax ID or banking information. Um, also, the transition of moving or uh, centralizing that work is the best time to do it um, because typically it means you have new employees anyway. Now, step number five is to create or update your desktop procedures. So in step two, you revise your vendor processes. Um, in step um, four, you identify your security roles and now you must document it. So the desktop procedures will instruct the vendor team, especially the new team members, on how to perform duties and it also provides an auditable process to make sure that the team follows it. So you created a new process that eliminates gaps. Um, it also helps to reduce fraud. You wanna make sure your team follows it. So you need to have an auditable process and in order to have an auditable process, you need desktop procedures and if they're not updated, they need to be updated. And make sure you include the security roles again um, that are required for the vendor team. I will tell you that piece um, when I go to uh, a new position or if uh, I am creating or updating desktop procedures, I make sure that I update those roles so that anyone that comes after me or if I'm looking at uh, a new desktop procedure, I can see exactly what's needed if we have a new vendor or a new vendor team member come on board. Now, if you have to create them from scratch and you want a template, I do have a template desktop procedure and I will put that, it's a Word document and I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you'd like to go to my website and download it. So step six is to train team members. So use the desktop procedures to train team members on the revised process. Include training sessions and schedule some time for the trainer to sit with team members while they process requests. Now the last step, step seven, is vendor process audits. So to uh, track that knowledge transfer, you want to audit 100% of the vendor requests processed until the team members pass a weekly audit uh, at a rate of at least 90% 
as a team and also individually. Then when that has been satisfied, you can transition to monthly audits. And what that does is that ensures that the vendor team members will continue to follow the defined process. So those are the seven steps. I'll repeat them here quickly. Um, step one was to clean up the vendor master file. Step two was to review your current vendor processes. Step three was to create or update your vendor policy. Step four was the security roles audit. Step five was to create or update desktop procedures. Step six was to train, uh, train team members. And then step seven, was uh, the vendor process audits. So good luck with your transition and congrats on centralizing and standardizing your vendor setup and maintenance process. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 119th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.